Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor. Now more fun to his bugs bunny, Jake. Solid. Gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. And of course, you can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Thursday, July 21st, 2022. And this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created, along with weather data in order to make one side pick and one total pick on every game that's played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. Let's go through the plays. Remember that there are no locks in gambling, so I'll give you our loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. As always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Jake... It's good to be back here picking baseball. It was a, a sad three. It was fun doing the college football shows. Uh, but it was at night, I just I felt like something was missing those three days. You know, the Derby was fun and the All-Star game happened, I guess. Um, but it just felt like we were missing something. You know what I mean? I, I totally get it. it. It was it was going through a little bit of the draws of just not having that little bit of extra excitement, putting money on something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, only six games today, but they're at least spread out throughout the day. So uh, we'll at least have something kind of to keep our eye on for most of the day, uh, which is nice. And before we get to that slate, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you are yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way, assuming you turn notifications on, to ensure that you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit us up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. And of course, we've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. You can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. For those of you who like to play the ponies, they are a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Today, their favorite play is over at Saratoga Race 8. So check out their YouTube shows or website. The links are in the description. Jake, we've got... A doubleheader here in Houston with Yankees and Astros. Right now, there's no line out for either game. So we're going to talk about the games a little bit. Maybe talk about some numbers that you might play, things you're looking into. Uh, we'll talk about what the model projects. A little harder to, to say what we're going to do on either one of these games. Thankfully, there's lines on the other four. Uh, but for game one, right now, it's projected to be Jamison Tyon versus Christian Javier. Uh, two pitchers that I, I like a lot, both pretty equally. Um, so far this season, Javier has performed better his advanced metrics are better, uh, both by about half a run. The difference really between these two guys is that Tyon is a guy who projects to go deeper into the game. Now, that's an interesting note because part of that is still pulling the fact that Javier wasn't going deep earlier in the season. He has gone a little bit deeper later. You still wonder exactly how much the Ashes are going to treat Javier and kind of the rest of the rotation with kid gloves in the second half of the season. Like, There's no real incentive for them to go out there and have their guys go eight innings or even seven innings unless they're just rolling because of kind of where they sit with that division lead uh, really no danger of losing out on a one or a two seed which is what matters so i think there's just a little bit of a drawback there so the, the model says javier's uh, gets a 91 tyon gets a 92 if 
if, if you said both these guys went the same number of innings, I would have Javier as a little bit better than that versus the two. But uh, the model thinks that Tyler's going to go further, and that gives them a little bit of a boost just because of the fact that that then makes their less variability with the bullpen. Every extra inning the starter goes is like a weaker pitcher not pitching in the bullpen. So that's kind of how these draw equal. Otherwise, I really like Javier. Uh, these two offenses are both uh, pretty good. Jordan Alvarez is projected to be back, which helps the Astros a lot. Uh, both bullpens are pretty good. The Yankees' bullpen projects to be better. Model says Astros minus 101. Since it's a coin toss game, says the Yankees' edge with regards to the bullpen and the offense basically wipes out the home field. Says it's a complete coin toss game. The model says the total should be about eight. We'll see what that number pops out as. Jake, you have any insight for us on this one? Yeah, I, I know the first game, I'm probably, if I'm getting plus odds of like, kind of plus odds on the Yankees. I'm probably leaning the Yankees just because I think Italian will, will go deeper and keep it a little more controlled. Um, and I, I just think this Yankees team, they're really going to come out for the Astros because this is their, like this little budding rivalry they've got. I, I think it's more on the Yankees side than it is the Astros side right now since it seems like the Astros have gotten the better of them. So I think they're going to want it just a little bit more and come out raring to go and maybe go a little too hard in the first game and set them up bad for the second game. But yeah, that's just, well, that's just a, that's an opinion. <laughs> There's no way to grade There is right. no way to grade that in somebody's right. mind. <laughs> right. And, and you make a good point that yeah, the Astros had that nine game played the Yankees and the Mets and the Yankees and the Mets or vice versa. Remember played those teams and, and won seven of the nine. And the only two losses the Astros had were games uh, that the Yankees won in walk-off fashion. And so, yeah, the Astros really dominated the New York teams last time around. Uh, it'll be interesting to see here. Uh, like you said, a little budding, budding rivalry here over the last few years. They've been fantastic games to watch. If you can find a way to get this one on your TV or on your computer during the workday, it's, it's one you want to keep an eye on. It should be a really tight game, and I'm, I'm with you. The model says toss-up. If there's plus odds of the Yankees, I would take the Yankees. Probably not with a very high grade because I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a coin tossy type game. But, yeah, plus odds is probably too much to turn down if you can get that on the Yankees. Uh, But we'll see where the number comes up. At that same time slot, 110 Eastern, Rangers at the Marlins. John Gray versus Pablo Lopez. Uh, Two pitchers that I like, and and Jake and I were talking about this beforehand, actually. I I looked at this at first, and I was like, oh, Pablo, I don't want to go against Pablo. Uh, He's been fantastic, 286 area in the season. Advanced metrics, though, have his say that his ERA should be almost a full run higher, which isn't bad. He's still a very good pitcher. Uh, the model says he's an 87. That's better than the previous two pitchers that we mentioned. But the model really likes John Gray. His ERA is at 371, but the advanced metrics say it should actually be in the low three. So when you look at the, that FIP, XFIP, XERA, all that sort of stuff, John Gray's actually having a better season with regards to what he's been able to control. It's just that the bounces have gone more Pablo's way. Pablo's a great pitcher for sure. Uh, but when it, when you look at it that way, and you and I have, again, the model has Gray and Pablo is equal enough. If you disagree with that, then that probably changes your handicap of this game. But with the model saying that both of those two pitchers are equal, then that means that the Rangers, in my opinion, should be favored in this game. The model says minus 114. Their offense is... I don't think their offense is great, but it's average at least, and it's much better than this Marlins offense, especially with Chisholm still out and still not having started the rehab assignment. This Marlins offense is terrible. Both bullpens are pretty average. The Marlins bullpen does project to be a little bit better. The Rangers bullpen has actually performed a little better this season. They're both just average, though. I don't really think much of either one of them at this point. I thought more of the Marlins bullpen coming into the season. They've been a little disappointing. But, I mean, the bullpens are a wash. I think the starting pitchers are a wash. The difference is that one team has a competent offense and the other one 
doesn't. And so I think the Rangers should be slight favorites in this game. The Rangers at even money is an A-grade play for me. I think that's just too good to pass up. The model thinks the total should be 7.1, so I'll take a flyer on the over at 7 at minus 105. But I think this total is per- priced perfectly at 7, so it's not really a market that I want to be too invested in. Main players on the Rangers, I think even money is a fantastic price. Again, especially if you can agree with what the model says, what the underlying metrics say, and that, yes, Pablo is good, but John Gray is also pretty good himself. Jake, what do you think? You know what? I think you've actually talked me into the Rangers. I forgot Chisholm was still out. So in my head, I was still considering him in and thought the Mar like, and I was of the opinion that Pablo was a much better pitcher than Gray, but apparently that's not what the stats are saying. But like, if they're close to even, then everything leans the Rangers' way, especially with Chisholm out. That offense is leaps and bounds better than Marlins one. And uh, the bullpens, I think, is splitting hairs to say if there's any difference there. So I, I'm going with you. I'm going with the Mar- uh, Rangers, even money. All right. All right. Yeah, and it's the, the Marlins' offense, that series against the Phillies, not that they needed to sweep that necessarily, but they really needed to, especially against a team that's battling with them for the wild card, they needed to show a little bit of life. And they scored, like, one run in – I don't know. It feels like 70 innings. I mean, it was it was bad. Whatever it was was terrible. I mean, it was one of those, like, you and I scored as many runs as the Marlins type things. Yeah. I mean, they just couldn't get anything going. And I, they closed out. I think it was against Nola. It was like, yeah, they didn't score off of Nola is one thing. But that scoring off of Suarez, who's just very average, was just really bad for them. That offense is just just miserable at this point. And Gray's a good enough pitcher that he should be able to shut down this offense that yeah. – I mean, really just seems lost without Chisholm. It seems crazy how much he affects yeah. them. You, would, you wouldn't think so much in baseball that one guy would change an entire offense. Uh, Mike Trout aside, right? Or yeah. you know, Barry Bonds aside, right? Outside of those guys, yeah, yeah I'm with but, you. It's like you don't really think that, but – and they are terrible <laughs> without Chisholm. Maybe we're saying Chisholm's on that level, man. I don't know. No, no. Officially, we are not saying that. But it does, it does make you wonder. And this is the thing we talked about with this Marlins team, that they have a lot of pieces. They have great starting pitching. It was just from the very beginning, there's an episode. Don't try to search for it because you'd never find it. But there was an episode I remember we were talking about. The Marlins are saying, like, hey, like, if their offense can get going, they've got some pieces, you know. And it's just that offense just hasn't done it. And that was the big thing for them is they needed more production. And Chisholm's been great, but he's been the only one that's really stepped up consistently all season. And, and now that he's out, is this offense is disastrous. So I'll take the Rangers. Jake, you're with me here on them at even money. Game one of a doubleheader out in Oakland. This is that one where we had that weird split doubleheader in Detroit where Oakland was the home team for one of them. I think Oakland might be the only team this year to get 80 home games instead of 81. Given how many fans show up, does it really matter? I think we all know the answer is no. Um, it, it should be a nice day out in Oakland if you can get out for this one. Probably good seats still available. Um, I, feel, I feel like I'm maybe being harsh on Oakland, but I mean, it, it is what it is, right? Um, it'll be in the mid-70s. Uh, winds will be blowing out to center field at about 10 miles an hour. Of course, still a massive pitcher's park out there in Oakland. Uh, Tariq Skubal versus Zach Logue. I mean, a massive starting pitcher discrepancy here for the Tigers. Skubal is a fantastic starting pitcher. Now, his ERA is up to 411, but the advanced metrics say it should be a full run lower than that. So a guy who I really like, again, so far, all five pitchers we talked about have been rated between in like an 85 and a 92. All really good pitchers. Zach Logue, not good. Uh, seven starts this season, a 516 ERA, and the advanced metrics say it actually should be a little bit worse. So a huge mismatch here. But once you get past that mismatch, these two teams are just terribly bad. 
this is bad baseball. It's a shame this is the only game on because late afternoon, personally, I'm going to have this game on. My eyes might start bleeding. I mean, once you get Scooble out of this game, it's just miserable. Both bullpens are at least decent, so there is that. Uh, but both offenses are just truly abysmal. The ace offense has overperformed a little bit this season relative to expectations, given that we thought they'd have a double-A-type offense. But this Tigers offense has really underperformed. I think the Tigers should be favored in this game, but when you look at the lefty-righty splits here, the A's actually get a little bit of a boost against Scooble and actually project to be only bad, not terrible, I guess, whereas the Tigers' offense projects to be terrible. But we've seen this year with the dead ball, that terrible pitching and terrible offense, the terrible pitching seems to kind of win. And so I don't see the Tigers scoring, like, ever, it seems like. That's just kind of the way it goes. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think the Tigers should be favored, but plus 134 offers some good value on Oakland, in my opinion. Both these teams are so bad that it's like, how can you have any confidence in either one of them in lay odds? Like, laying any form of, of a number here seems just like you're asking for trouble, especially um, laying odds on the road. Not that the A's have a huge home field advantage, but, I mean, it's just going to be disastrous baseball. I'll take the plus odds at plus 134. I think there's some value on Oakland. But my main play here is the under 7.5. It's an A-grade under for me. That The model says it should be 6.9. So under 7 at minus 120 seems like probably a better price. So we're going to get half run for free here. I think it's an A-grade pick. It's a big park. Both offenses are terrible. I don't see how there's a lot of runs in this game. This feels like a 3-2 to two type game, maybe 4-2. to two. I don't know who wins. I'll take the under as my main play. And like I said, I'll take the A's at plus 134. I think there's some value there. Uh, what do you think, Jake? Yeah, both these offenses are so bad that I think the uh, the under is the only way to go, even with the like with the big park and then the, <laughs> with the pitching that they're going to be throwing. I just don't see the way the way that goes over. Um, but I also kind of like I, – I know I know you just went through all the reasons Zach Logue is bad. He I is. Like, <laughs> I like his strikeout prop over at four and a half. It's at plus odds. The last time he faced Detroit, he went seven innings and shut him out and had six strikeouts. So if we can get somewhat of that, I think we can get the five, get that. And I, I, like I said, I think the under is the main play. Um, I'm I'm shooting that as a flyer with the plus odds. So keep the, like, that'd be like a lean, not like the C grade, not, not anything hey. big on that. Hey, but and, and I like the, the the angle that you make there. You talk about plus odds is always great on these props. And as I always talk about with strikeout props, half that battle is just innings. How deep is a guy going to go? He went seven last time he faced him. Seven seems a bit much, probably six yeah. here. But, it, it, you know, seven's a great start, of course. But again, it's like we talked about with bad offenses and bad pitching. The bad pitching's tended to do a little bit better. The bad pitching has really struggled. And his ERA has gotten higher when he's faced better teams. But when you face weaker teams, I – Maybe the Tigers offense finds it, but until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. And if this Tigers offense continues to be this bad, Logan has a great chance to go out there and get six innings. Yeah. And if he gets six innings, he can easily get to five strikeouts. Plus odds offers a lot of value. I'm kind of like you. It's not one that I'm like, oh, this is for sure the best value play out there. It's just yeah. one of those like, hey, the Tigers offense is terrible. Why not take a flyer on maybe, maybe Logan can go yeah. a few innings? Yeah, I, I don't see him getting run out of the game early. Um, with the offenses and the way that things going, so that that was another part of the value I thought with it with getting plus odds at four and a half. Yep, yep, I agree. That makes sense. A number really low plus odds, lots to like there. Game two in Houston, 
Yankees and Astros. It's projected to be Jordan Montgomery versus Luis Garcia. A similar setup with regards to the starting pitchers. Both pitchers good. The model gives the Astros a little bit more of an edge here, and it has solely to do with the lefty-righty splits here and how they perform against um, uh, left-handed versus right-handed pitchers, both teams. It's, it's just one of those things uh, where that's kind of the difference and why the model likes the Astros a little bit more here in game two than game one. Um, otherwise, it's a pretty similar thing. Astros probably a little bit more likely to win, but not by a ton. Then now the model says the total should be 8.1. So we're still looking at about a total of eight. Both of them should be fantastic games. I don't know what else to say about it other than I'm interested to watch them. And it's all about the price. Always try to find good value one way or the other on this. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think whoever wins the first one loses the second one. <laughs> I don't think either team is sweeping the other one in this scenario, especially coming right out of the all-star break. Everybody's rested and feeling good. Um, so the, I, I think they're going to be incredible games to watch. I will be having these on, and this should be a lot of fun. This is probably what the ALCS was what's yeah, going to happen. Let's, let's hope. Let's hope. And let's hope we just get seven games of it because it, it would be fantastic. Uh, the surprise for me uh, – I'm surprised that Verlander isn't going in one of these games. Uh, he's been having extra rest here lately, but earlier in the season, he was very much like, I want to go every fifth day. This would be his fifth day. Two games against the Yankees. I'm a little surprised that they didn't throw Verlander in one of these two games. Obviously, we knew we wouldn't see Fromber after him pitching the All-Star game. Uh, we knew we wouldn't see Cole after all of his pitches on Sunday. And so we knew we wouldn't see we wouldn't, wouldn't see Cole, which was unfortunate, of course. It's always fun when you when you're throwing the best pitchers here, Cole back in Houston. Uh, it's just also unfortunate we don't that we're not projected to see Verlander um, here in this one. Obviously, who knows what'll change with pitchers since none of that's been yeah. confirmed. Uh, maybe it has been by the time that you that you watch this, and and maybe by the time you watch it, people already got plays on it. So again, I'll throw out a play whenever there's a number out there, uh, and we'll see what sort of value we can get on this one. Game two out in Oakland, 735 Eastern. So still a daytime start, nighttime finish there in Oakland. It'll start off around 75, just like the first game will be. Close around 70. Winds will still be blowing out uh, under 10 miles an hour. So kind of a similar setup for the most part weather-wise. Starting pitchers, though, this flips now. We've got Garrett Hill for the Tigers. Um, Not really a good pitcher. The model thinks he's got more upside than Zach Lowe, and so he – rates out as average. Uh, but uh, when you flip the, the other team's pitchers, of course, as good as Scoobal is, Frankie Montas is also just as good. 326 here in the season, the advanced metrics line up right with that. Everybody loves Montas. I think Montas is overrated. I've been fading him a lot lately. It's mostly worked out. He's really good. He's just only can do so much. And even when he goes eight, like no hit innings, the A's seem to lose that game somehow. He is really good, but he's not the whole team. He can only account for so much. And as good as he is, he's still not, in the model's opinion, at the same level of McClanahan and, you know, Alcantara and all these guys that are just in that that next tier up. And so those are the guys who you feel a little bit more confident laying a price with. Montas just... I don't think he's at that level. So we've been fading Montas. I think he's a little overvalued, even though, again, I do think he is good. I just think he's more in that Pablo John Gray tier than that upper tier. And it's kind of the flip case for me at this point. 
A's being big favorites at minus 153 is just crazy to me. This A's team is terrible. Minus 153 for the A's makes sense only if they're playing a AAA team. And even then, I might say it depends on which AAA team. I mean, I just can't get behind that number. I'll take the Tigers at plus 141. The model thinks it should be A's minus 119. So the model in both of these games in Oakland says the team with the better pitcher should be favored for sure, but everything else is such a wash. It's kind of like, eh, who really knows much beyond that? So these plus odds offer us some value. Again, though, just as the first game, my main play is the under seven. It's an A grade. The model thinks this total should be six. So a lot of value on this under might be my favorite play of the day here. Um, I just don't see any runs being scored in this game. I don't see any runs being scored in the first game, but I really don't hear in the second game. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, I'm playing the under. I don't think both games added up are going to beat this over. Um, <laughs> But uh, I mean that's that's a little bold. But um, it's hey, if it's hey, call your shot, man. If it's you know, get some big plus odds on that one. But if it hits, man, you're, we're gonna we're gonna tip our cap for sure. Yeah, but that's uh, like I, like Montas has played well, but he's got a little bit of the, the Grom curse he had a couple of years ago, where where I don't think the Mets figured out how to score more than two runs when he pitched all year. And so he's got a little bit of that. To be fair, that's been the A's most of the time in general, yeah. though. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a little <laughs> bit of that. You can't say that was where I was going. It's like you can't really say yeah. that because the A's offense is that bad. Yeah. Uh, but, I, like I said, there's just not – I don't see where runs are scored on, from either side. I know somebody has to win at some point, but it might be a, a couple of 2-0 games, 2-1 games. Yeah. And no, it, it's just going to be bad baseball. Yeah, it really is. I, I mean, the biggest fear on, on these two games is like – Weird extra inning things where, you know, each, but even then, I'm not sure these guys can score with the free runner on second base, to be honest. That's like the biggest fear with these unders. But otherwise, yeah, I just, you know, it, weird things can happen in baseball, right? One of these games could end up being, you know, five to five to four or something, and, and weird things happen. But in general, one of those, if they play these games enough times, most of them are going to be really low scoring. Yeah. And then to wrap us up, the only game that was on the initial schedule. Here was supposed to be the standalone ESPN game. They were going to make us. Can you think how cruel this was that Major League Baseball was planning on making us wait after the All-Star break? No games on Wednesday. That's fine. And then no games on Thursday until 10-10 Eastern was the initial plan. We only got the extra games because they lost that first week and had to reschedule stuff. Yeah, that, that's, I couldn't believe that it was a 10-10. Like, I mean, I, yeah. you're, like your East Coast people, you're like, that's kind of cruel. On, on, a, on a work night, on a school yeah. night. Yeah, why wouldn't you throw that at, in prime time? It's not like there's anything else going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I when I saw this, I was like, wait, this was the only game scheduled, and it was like ESPN, and I, I don't quite understand that. I mean, it goes to the. I don't want to get off on the tangent here, but it does go to the thing. If you do wonder, Major League Baseball talks about growing the game, and they do things like this. And I'm like, this is not growing the game. Like, this is a game that you should have. If you're going to make this a standalone game, that's fine. These two teams are interesting and they're fun to watch in the rivalry. But yeah, like you said, put it in prime time, yeah. seven o'clock, and let people watch it. And it's a little bit earlier start out west, but like, you know, it, it, they'll be off work for the end for sure. Uh, yeah. The East Coast people are just going to say, whatever, I won't be able to watch the last half of the game. I'm just going to bed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It should be a really good game, of course. Carlos Rodon is fantastic. 266 ERA, the advanced metrics lineup right with that. Mitch White, 420 ERA, advanced metrics lineup right with that. A huge starting pitcher mismatch in favor of the Giants. That's, of course, where the edges end. Their offense isn't that far behind the Dodgers offense, though, surprisingly. And the Dodgers offense doesn't project as well against lefties. So these two offenses are much closer than you'd think, especially here 
with the lefty-righty splits taken into account. But the main difference here pitching-wise is while the Giants have the edge at the start of the game, the Dodgers will have one at the end of the game. This Giants bullpen is terrible. It seems like it's getting worse as the season goes on. As good as they were last year, again, I've said it before, I don't know how much of this is Buster Posey. I don't know how much of it was just catching lightning in a bottle last year. But the bullpen, which was such a strength of that team last year, is now the biggest liability on their team because their hitting has been pretty good and their starting pitching has been really good. Um, but their bullpen is just terrible. The Dodgers' bullpen is good. That's where the the Dodgers have an advantage. But I think that the Dodgers are overvalued in this spot. I think people think that the Dodgers' offense is light years ahead of the Giants' offense, and I don't think that's the case. The model thinks the Dodgers should be a minus 118 favorite, and so I'll take the Giants at plus 128. I think there's a little bit of value on the Giants here at this number. I'll take them with a B grade, and I'll take the over 8 at minus 120 with an A grade. I like that we've got that push protection on 8. Seven or fewer, I mean, seven seems possible, but fewer than that seems really unlikely. Radona's a guy who his pitch count tends to get driven up, especially against a team like the Dodgers. I don't see him going that deep in this game, probably five innings. And if he only goes five innings and that Dodgers offense gets four innings of the Giants bullpen, that's going to be a problem. I don't have any faith in Mitch White. At some point, the Dodgers having trying to get nine good innings seems unlikely. The Giants should score some runs too. I think both teams can put up a few runs here, and I think we're much more likely to cash this over uh, than we aren't. So it's an A grade for me on this over eight. And like I said, I think the Giants at plus 128 offers some value here, so it's a B grade pick for me there. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, this one came down to starting pitching for me. I, I think there's such a giant gap between Rondon and White that it was really hard to – be on the Dodgers. Uh, like you said, he's probably going five. He gets a high pitch count, seems to have to work. But if we can get six out of him, I'm going to feel really, really good. Um, but five, I'm going to be very nervous. But I, I, like, I like the Giants to do it. I think their offense is getting getting better. Mm-hmm. And it's, like you said, close to where the Dodgers are. The Dodgers don't seem to be as dominant as what we thought offensively coming into the year. And uh, I, I think that's going to come back and bite them right here. Yeah, and two and like I said, too many left-handed bats for the Dodgers too, uh, and one of their better right-handed bats who was supposed to take advantage of left-handed pitching being Chris Taylor is still out, and so when you have a situation where um, you, you're you're kind of left-handed heavy, uh, one of your good righties is out, all of a sudden it gets lefty. It's still a good offense against lefties, just not as good as I'd rather this offense face a right-handed pitching. Uh, if I was a Dodgers fan. So, yeah, just too much value here on the plus 120 on the Giants, especially with Carlos Rodon pitching. You're not going to get Rodon at plus odds that often this season. So it's uh, it's it's nice to at least take advantage of that <laughs> because it's 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 a gift that you're not going to get, I don't think, for too many games uh, the rest of the season. Uh, yeah. I don't see any, anything else I'd like that maybe the Dodgers and Yankees, I don't, I don't know that, or maybe Astros too, that he's going to get plus odds. All righty, and so I'll recap the Apex here so far. I've got four of them right now. I've got one in every game that we've talked about. Uh, Rangers, even money at the Marlins. I'm going double under in Detroit, Oakland, under 7.5 in the first game, under 7 in the second game, and I'm going over 8 in the nightcap in Los Angeles. Jake, any parting words? No, I'm just glad baseball's back and we're, we're going at it here. Hopefully hit the ground running. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder, check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I'll see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please 
don't bet you're any money. 